Australian Rotary Health podcast called The Research Behind Lift the Lid. I'm Jessica Cooper and Dr. Daniil Hanley from the University of Newcastle joins us today on episode 35. Daniil has received funding from Australian Rotary Health for her PhD research and postdoctoral fellowship research. From 2014 to 2016, she was awarded the Jeff Betts Postdoctoral Fellowship for her project Multi-Tiered Approach to Suicide Prevention in Young Australians. This research was conducted at the University of New South Wales National Drug and Alcohol Research Centre. Today, Dr. Handley is a research fellow at the University of Newcastle's Centre for Rural and Remote Mental Health. She is a psychiatric epidemiologist whose research focus is on quantitative approaches to improving mental health for rural Australians. Her areas of work include improving access to mental health services, improving community attitudes towards mental health and rural suicide prevention. So thank you so much, Tanil, for joining me on our podcast today. It's, it's nice to see you again. How have you been? Yeah, I've been really well. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah, well, it's great to have you here. Um, so your research area for the, the Jeff Betts Postdoctoral Fellowship was obviously a very um, complex but important one, focusing on preventing suicide in youth. Um, your project title um, suggests a multi-tier approach. Uh, can you tell us um, what, is, what exactly does that mean? Uh, yeah, so I guess we know with suicide prevention, there's never going to be one strategy that works for everyone. Um, so there are a lot of different people that have different levels of vulnerability for suicide and different risk factors are going to apply to them. Uh, so by using a multi-tiered approach, we were trying to look at different groups of people and figure out the best approach to help each group rather than looking for one overall suicide prevention strategy because we just didn't think that that single focus was likely to be effective. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um, I guess, you know, why, why would you say a multi-tier approach is important and, and how did you go about addressing this in, in your research project? Uh, well, I think it's important uh, to acknowledge that the things that make one person vulnerable for suicide wouldn't necessarily have that same effect on someone else. Uh, so context is really important. So in my project, we focused on three groups of people. So we looked at those who were using mental health services uh, we looked at those who may have had a need for services, so maybe some symptoms of mental illness or something like that, uh, but weren't actually using them. And then we also looked at the general community. And for each of these groups, we had a different goal. So for those using services, we wanted to know how effective these services were at preventing suicide. So we wanted to look at different clinical approaches and figure out whether treating mental illness is enough to reduce suicide risk. And then for those who weren't using services, we wanted to find ways to make mental health services more appealing and more engaging uh, because we know that quite often people who might really benefit from getting some professional help never take that first step of walking through the door. Mm. And then for the general community, we were really looking for broad risk factors outside of mental illness that might also contribute to suicide risk. 
Um, so we know that suicide isn't always related to mental illness. So we wanted to get a better understanding of some of the other broader risk factors and ways that we could target those. And so I guess, how did you um, go about finding out these different yeah, questions? Um, mostly we use survey methods. So we did uh, surveys with all those different groups of people. So we, we talked to people who had been using mental health services and kind of looked at whether their, their reports of thoughts of suicide decreased over time while they were using services or whether they kind of lingered on. Mm -hmm. um, and then we also talked to people who had reported symptoms of suicide and said that they weren't using any services and kind of tried to figure out why that was. So was that a matter of they didn't want to or there weren't services available or there were some other barriers like financial issues or, or travel or other reasons that they couldn't, um, couldn't use services. And then for the general community, we again, we just did a really big population survey and looked at people with and without mental health problems and just looked at um, rates of thoughts of suicide and things that were associated. Hmm. Yeah, well, it sounds like there were many um, different approaches to this project. And um, I guess, what would you say were some of the most exciting findings? I guess, for me, one of the most interesting things that stood out was the similarities between the groups we looked at. Um, so we looked deliberately at three pretty distinct groups of people, but we found that the same sorts of things were kind of contributing to their thoughts of suicide. So probably one of the strongest effects that we saw was social support and social networks were really important across the board. Um, so people who had strong social networks and a, a good uh, connection to the people around them tended to be a lot more resilient uh, to thoughts of suicide, no matter what kind of tier they were in. Um, and another one that stood out was that unemployment was a big risk factor for all of our groups. Um, so the interesting thing about that finding was that it was totally unrelated to income. So it wasn't the financial side of unemployment that was affecting people, but it seemed to be related to, um, you know, people having something to give them a, a sense of purpose, a reason to get out of bed in the morning. So it didn't have to be paid employment. It could be in volunteering or, or even studying, but having some sort of occupation was really important for people. Yeah. Well, yeah, those sounds like, um, it sounds like those yeah, factors are, are really important and, you know, helping people, you know, you know keep safe. So yeah, it's good that, that you found that. And it sounds like they're very important findings. I, I suppose, can you can you see any positive implications arising from these findings in, in terms of preventing or reducing rates of suicide in young people? Yeah, well, it's given us an idea um, of some of the things that contribute to suicidal thoughts. Um, but then I suppose it's, it's one thing to know the risk factors and the next challenge is to kind of figure out how to use that information to actually reduce suicide rates. Um, because, you know, we're here doing surveys. We're a long way from, from the pointy end of actually applying some of these things. Um, so if we take the example of unemployment, it's very unlikely that we can just go out and give every single young person a job. That's just going to be way beyond the scope of what we can do as researchers. Um, so I guess it's more about now figuring out the best way to support young people who might be experiencing some of these risk factors rather than necessarily trying to remove the risk factors themselves. And I guess flowing on from, from this research, are you still looking into the same area and maybe hoping to translate those into ways that you can help people? 
Yeah, yeah. So I, I guess followed a very similar path since finishing my fellowship, um, mostly focusing on that third group of people, though, the, the general community. So um, a lot of what I'm doing now is working with rural and remote communities in particular because they have a higher rate of suicide, um, especially males, mm -hmm. and the challenges in those areas around access to services are just huge. So that's kind of where, where my work's taken me since then. So dealing with uh, very similar kind of topics and, and that sort of thing, but working really with those kind of broad risk factors that affect the whole community. So trying to, you know, get um, community education and promotion programs up and running so that people are more aware of, of symptoms that they might experience. Yeah, yeah, well, it sounds like, yeah, there's so much more work that can be done in this area. And yeah, like I guess you'll never run out of research questions. Definitely not. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so I guess over the years, you've obviously had a lot to do with Rotary. Um, your PhD was also co-funded by the Rotary Club of Parramatta City. Could you talk a bit about the impact that Rotary funding may have had on your research career? Yeah, look, it's, it's basically the reason I have a research career. Um, getting that support was so important, especially so early on when you're trying to get started. I think on top of the funding, there are just so many other opportunities that come along with it. Um, so things like being invited to speak at Rotary events or write blogs, um, do podcasts. It's all just such great experience with a very kind of friendly and forgiving audience. Um, and that sort of thing is so valuable when you're starting out. So yeah, I really can't thank Rotary enough for giving me that start. Yeah. And I'm sure they really enjoyed hearing from you as well, like those presentations and and even yeah, this podcast when it when it comes out. So yeah, um, yeah, a lot of a lot of dinners. <laughs> yeah, well, we appreciate your willingness to to talk about your research and and really where that funding has gone and the outcomes from that. So yeah, thank you. <laughs> um, I know as well that yeah, when Rotarians are engaging in their fundraising initiatives and events. Um, how important do you think it is that they continue choosing mental health and, and suicide prevention research as, as their chosen cause? Um, I think it's incredibly important. I mean, suicide's still the leading cause of death of young people in Australia. Um, so any funding that we can get is amazing. There's still very much a need for more research to try to figure out how we can reduce suicide rates. And research just can't happen without funding. Um, Rotary funding's already led to some really great research work, uh, which has really helped kind of improve our understanding of suicide prevention, but we still have got such a long way to go. So any funding that we can get would definitely go to good use and would just be so appreciated by the research community. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, well, it has been really great to talk about your project today and what you've been doing since then. Um, so yeah, thanks again. And I, I guess, was there anything that you would like to add, like anything that we haven't really mentioned about your project? Uh, I just want to say thanks for having me and thanks to Rotary for all their support over the years. Yeah, well, thanks again to Neil. It's, yeah, it's been really great having you on today and yeah, I hope everything goes well with, with the rest of your research career. Thank you very much. Thank you. That was the 35th episode of our podcast called The Research Behind Lift the Lid. It's always so inspiring to hear what researchers in Australia are doing to make a difference to mental health and how they are helping us on our mission to lift the lid on mental illness. 
If you can, please support important suicide prevention research like Tenille's by donating on the Australian Rotary Health website. Thank you for listening. Please join us again next time.